0: rate and subscribe
1: wherever you listen to podcasts for the love of god do it it really helps we are still here at dances with films film festival bringing you a very heavy very important documentary called rewilding and we are sitting down with uh, producer, and one of the subjects of the film, Bitek Linhart, and uh, subject of the film, Anthony De Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having us.
3: Yes, thank you for sharing your space. Thank you.
1: Uh, I guess we'll start with you, Bitek. Can you introduce this documentary to our audience, please?
2: Um, yeah, so rewilding, rewilding, coming back to the roots, um, is basically about um, um, Anthony and um, you know the parts in uh, the wilderness and the outdoor, and sharing the urban and the outdoor from a different from different environments. So basically, uh, coming in into a three guys coming into a space that uh, provides an um, an vulnerable environment and safe space to deal with and um, racial, social economics and different um, different issues in the life that we all dealing with. In a space that uh, I truly believe that is one of the safest. Um, you know, everyone has a different opinion for that, of course, but um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it goes through all the struggles and uh, the climax and uh, the um, up and downs and everything and uh, how it evolves and uh, what kind of a transformation we all through when, you know. And uh, it was to me, uh, myself. The growth when I went through what I went through, it was uh, absolutely magnificent, which I didn't even expect it from the <laughs> beginning. You know, I thought I was just going to go through an adventure with two awesome guys and climb and backpack and, uh, you know, learn about permaculture and explore the world and like, you know, get the feelings out there and communicate. But it was much more than that. Uh, the depth of it was absolutely stunning to me. And uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... This film comes at a really important time uh, in this country, I think, and in the world and what's going on. But I have this question kind of ready for Jesse, um, but I think both of you can speak to it and maybe I'll start with Anthony, um, because it's, it, this word is, it means different things to different people, but there's a lot of conversation around privilege and Jesse brings it up and so do you VTech. And I wanna know, you know what, was, what did privilege mean before this film? And then what does it mean now after making this movie and being out together and going through this whole process
2: to me i felt the past six years of working on this project it was an enormous eye opening to me you know i'm coming from i'm from czech republic so like for me learning about uh the racial issues in united states and how uh, traumatizing that is to the entire country and the population united states is absolutely mind blowing to me you know and be honest with you i kind of you know from the beginning i was naive i guess maybe undereducated i didn't know that much you know and um as it's now it's just uh, i'm so grateful to be um able to learn through this process and understand and you know i'm not even close to understand what what is still going on there's so much more to learn about and so much more to understand and um um, comprehend that it's it's such a difficult and touchy and um, scary topic you know that um unfortunately and it's ongoing you know but uh we haven't thank this we have a beautiful opportunity to uh touch this topic from a perspective of uh, uh compassion and uh, true understanding and in a ways like the wording and like speak actually about it in a safe space with uh all from different environments and different angles and different understandings that i think it's very important to know that very important to learn about it very important to speak about it from that space you know so yeah it's um it's still hard for me to um get a grasp of it you know how uh, um awful sometimes that is and my privilege just being in there and me being you know, me being raised the way I was and nurtured the way I was, even that it was in Europe, I am still privileged. I cannot deny that that is who I am because where I am, you know, I was able to go into college and I was able to do things, even that, you know, I was raised pretty much by my mom because my father was a strong alcoholic. I was coming from a broken family in a ways and uh, abusive family, but uh, still, you know, I have so much more privilege to compare uh, Tony when he was younger and still, and all you know, all these guys that are just not having this opportunities since young age, that is disgusting to me in a ways. That is still you know the society is just denying it and keep denying it, mm-hmm. in a such a in a such a way. It's just like, okay, are you kidding me? Come on, are you fucking serious? Really? It's heavy. It's heavy. But as I said, I'm grateful that I am part of this and that I can uh, maybe possibly help to open more eyes and uh open up this topic in a way that is like hey this is in front of us let's deal with this and we can deal with this in the most beautiful loving conscious way that i hate that is come on let's do this you know
1: and anthony
3: you know, when I first went on the trip with the with the guys, you know, this was already in my conscience, in my mind, I was thinking about these things. I never left my community. I never had a friendship uh, with white males uh, before, you know, I had teachers that were white men, but never on a personal level. So, you know, I held a lot of these things, you know, just for the sake of just trying to figure it out, see what was going on first. And, um, you know, it's a fear of like even talking about these things sometimes in the beginning because you don't want to come off as a black man who's like angry, and ignorant and all those stereotypes that they put on us. So, you know, I held a lot of things. Um, but in the during the progression of, of the trip, you know, we, I would have opportunity with Tech or Jesse uh, one on ones where, you know, I would let out small things and we would have these discussions. And once we had these discussions, their eyes opened up and they would start to witness things. For instance, VTech said something so powerful that I appreciated that when he walked into a restaurant, you know, he noticed how people would watch me and watch them. And, um, you know, it really helped to, um, you know, open up more discussion and become more closer and have an understanding of each other for both sides, because, you know, they're not the typical white guys, you know, wearing suits and stuff. They're climbers, they're on the road, they're, you know, the extreme, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, when they came to the city and met a couple of people I knew, you know, they were a little off-put, like, I don't know about these guys, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it, it's so many layers to, you know, the privilege and um how people treat everyone and classism and things like that that you know we all had to come to an understanding about um, uh, but for me it was so intense again because i've never experienced anything like what we did and um you know along with my emotional my own personal emotional things that's outside of grace um and my family and my community and everything that i've been going through just started like spilling out and um mm-hmm. you know i i knew it was a lot for the guys because they didn't expect it at all but um they embraced it fully and it changed the whole dynamic of the film towards the end, which gave us, like VTex said, so much depth, so much more substance. And um, we, we were able to move forward in such a heavy way, um, even though after that I was out of communication with them for like a few years because I had to, uh, you know, I didn't know what I, I didn't know if I, what I did was right. I felt like a little ashamed. You know, it was a lot I was going through about doing this film because I was very vulnerable. I exposed myself a lot. And, you know, when people are going to see this and, you know, I still deal with those things, but I'm way more mature and have an understanding of how it'll help people more than, you know, harm me, I guess us uh, to say. But um, when it comes to privilege, you know, me and Jesse talked about how, you know, it is and how, you know, these opportunities are readily available for, um, you know, young, uh, white men and white women and well, climbing. You know, you can't walk through Brownsville or Brooklyn in the Bronx and see climbing gyms readily available or these things. So, you know, even the idea for anyone to want to do it is like absent. Um, so, you know. That th- this is why you know I believe in the film even much more, and we're moving forward to to bring this because I do believe that there's something um, in this that uh, we can all benefit from, but especially in my community, um, you know where I'm from.
1: Ooh, thank you for sharing that, Anthony. Yeah, I I, I did want to address how you you do say in the film, like you were obviously emotional going through some things, and you were saying, you know, I I just want my family, my friends, everybody that watches this, I want them to see the best of me. And I just want to let you know that that part is also the best of you this that emotional part like we see you in such an honest way it's, it's beautiful and and thank you for sharing that part of you and, and I hope I'm glad to hear that you can watch it now and come to terms with like how important that was. You know, obviously for you to go through, but for the viewer to see, you know, it's that side of humanity. And it, like this, what, what makes this documentary so beautiful and important is, you know, it starts with two guys that have the best of intentions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They and, and that's, you know, I believe most people do have the best of intentions, but because we're human and we're layered, shit's going to come up. And shit hits the fan. And we see all of you go through this, this journey of, of coming to terms with this, you know, the sort of racial reckoning amongst yourselves. And I'm curious to know, um, you know, I, I think it's important for people to see because we're so quick to judge. And so when we see this whole, the big picture and how you treated the situation and the important conversations that came of it, like it in the moment, um, how, how did it feel? Were you, I, I know you were ready to walk away at times, but... Um, how did you how long did it take for you to just sit down and talk it out and, and really find a find a common ground together and then make this piece to continue the journey
3: towards the end of the trip? You know, uh, yeah, I was definitely ready to give up. I had enough. And uh, I told a story to Jesse about a young man named Khalif Browder and um you know, how, you know, I do things for young men like him and young women who like him, who, you know, I know can use this opportunity. And Jesse said, wow, Khalif Browder, he was supposed to go. So, you know, upon his demise, you know, and, and you know, he, him taking his life and, you know, it, it changed everything. I said, you know what, like, I can't give up because he needed this way more than me. And, you know, like I said, we all have issues, but there's always someone struggling with way more. And, you know, I haven't been incarcerated like him and had trials and tribulations like him. I've had my own. But, you know, I see how, you know, others weighs on them and they might not be able to handle it and all these kind of things. I mean, it it just devastated me to know that if I give up, how that could be a slap in the face to uh, individuals like him and young people who uh, would move forward with this and give it their all. So, you know, I chose not to give up. I said, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm gonna keep going and um it, this is important, you know. Uh, so that I would say that was the literally the the, the determining factor of what pushed me. You know, it wasn't my personal stuff, it wasn't friends, family, and what I've been through. It was that conversation in the van with Jesse um letting me know that Khalif was supposed to, supposed to go. And the um and it was freshly, it just happened. It was very mm-hmm. fresh uh, with Khalif. So, you know, it, it it just weighed on me like a ton of breaks. And my job actually. Um, his brother works there now at my job, you know, so it's funny how things come around full circle. We just I, did, he, I just talked to him the other day and we named our educational center, the Khalif Brother Center for mm-hmm. Education. So, you know, it's just, you know, these things are all just connected. And, you know, I, it helped me to realize that, um, you know, it's bigger than me. And this is why I'm doing it, even though I have to take this for me. But, you know, it's, it's, it's big. And, you know, sometimes we have to carry this load for a greater cause. And that was a determining factor. of will push
0: I know we only have a couple minutes, so I was gonna maybe lighten the mood a little bit. Um, I I I know because we we know some people in um, our circles about like pet therapy and and trauma, and I loved the dog (laughs) in this (laughs) film, and I felt like there's just there's something about animals and, and dogs that kind of will help you process, and I'm just wondering. I know it probably wasn't the intention of you guys, but I, I think having the dog there helped a lot through these moments. Can you talk about that? Or is there something something there?
2: Yeah, I'll just say I'll just say quickly, you know, Gordo to, Gordo to is a uh... Huge part of uh, our community ha- has been he passed um, last year. Oh.
1: But uh
2: he was just like, uh, and he honestly, he had the one of the, most, move, but one of yeah. the most <laughs> no, beautiful. So, I, I mean,
3: tried. But you know what? Effort. It's like,
2: it, that's part of life, right? Yes. I mean, death is part of life. Yes. And it's like, we all have the, you know, we have the time on the earth and do the best yeah. we can. And honestly, I don't know. Till this day, I don't know a better dog that had the better best life. Like he never was on a leash. He had so much freedom. He traveled the world. Like he was everywhere, and he was so he was not. He was not a dog. He was like a, a I don't know, a part of a friend. He was a yeah. family member. You know, his character was absolutely amazing, and his understanding to humans and compassion. I know, like you know, this trip was as we as I said before. You know, we came into it a little naive. Like we had a, the best intentions, but so little we knew. And uh, I know that we didn't do the best job in giving Anthony enough space to decompress and uh, process and doing things that was very important for him. But I know that Goro was in many times there for him when we couldn't hold that space. And I'm sure that Anthony can tell you more about that.
3: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree, man. You know, I I never had had dogs when I was young, but a kid, so I never really remember. But... Gordo was special, you know, and when those guys were getting on my nerves, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Gordo, you know, they can sense it, the stress, and he always was by my side, and I learned so much just about uh, companionship with animals, um, and his intellect level was just so high, um, and, you know, I-, I love that dog, man, and-, and me and Gordo, we shared so many times running through the, running through the wilderness and, you know, just communicating in our way, um and i was very sad when he passed but you know he he was huge support huge support when i felt like nowhere was the turn just walking with him and just learning you know just learning animals you know and, and the way, which is part of the whole experience right animals in the wilderness and um you know yeah go he, he was just special i mean i don't know how much more i can say he was so special and um you know, a great, uh, a, a, a contributing factor to that film. Like, I don't think that a lot of things would have went it's the way that it went without Gordon. You mm. know, he was huge, you know, and um, to witness that a dog could even do the things that he did. I've never seen that. you see seen it on TV and stuff, but I never saw it in my face, Where I was like, man, this this guy's great. Like, uh, he listens, he communicates, you know, and and, and like VTech said, he was never on the leash, which I which I was so impressed um, because I'm used to, you know, from the hood and dogs, yeah. you know, they, they got to be on the leash, <laughs> but, um, he was very composed and, and communicated very well and everyone loved him. So, you know, I, you know, I would say rest in heaven, Nagordo. but, um, yeah, he was, he was excellent.
2: You know how many friends he has almost more friends on Facebook than I do. <laughs> than all <of> yeah. us. <laughs> And he literally, he literally made him himself too. Like, you know, he's just like wandering around and like people pick him up, but he's just like such a kind, beautiful soul. That mm-hmm. is just like amazing. <laughs> like, yes.
1: Why? We don't deserve pets. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, when when you all were hugging goodbye, it was sad. But when you Anthony hugged the dog, I was tearing up. But anyway, (laughs) it was emotional. But thank you so much for this film and for Mm -hmm. just showing us you know, how much growth we can have when we treat each other with empathy and, and compassion. Again, we've been speaking to uh, Vitek Linhart and Anthony de Jesus from the documentary, Rewilding, which is at Dances with Films Film Festival. Take care and congratulations with the film.
2: Thank you so much, guys. We look forward to the festival. Thank you for your time, appreciate ya.